Well, we want you to be aware of all of the rich opportunities you have as students to be involved in the life that God has for you. And we have several activities coming up in the coming days, and I want you to be aware of those. One is you've seen these posters. You've heard about the upcoming men's and women's ministry retreat. Yeah, there's a shout-out. We got one shout-out. Is that all we got? There we go. All right, maybe half a dozen. So event is coming up. It's November um, 6th through the 8th. It's $35 a person. We need a $10 deposit today to make this event happen. So be sure to sign up during lunchtime. If you have questions, talk to the people that are signing you up. On Monday in chapel, if you're following the chapel schedule, you'll see that on Monday we have this thing called Q Union. And you may be thinking, what is Q Union? Well, Q Union is an organization that sponsors conversations on how to integrate our faith into culture. And they do that in a variety of ways. They host events in small town USA where they bring pastors and organizational leaders together to have conversations, things like that. And they are sponsoring this, um, this kind of like TED Talks event on college campuses around the United States this year, and we are part of this uh, program. So on Monday, we will have a video, and it's a talk on our calling, and there are posters that went up about this, and you can look for those around the campus, and it's going to talk about what does it mean to be a Christian, what's our calling, what's our gifting, and how do we get involved in God's work in the world. And I think it's going to be a stimulating conversation, and we want to invite you to the conversation table So not only will we have the presentation during chapel, but on Monday at 3 o'clock in the library, we will have a chaplain's chat. If you're not familiar with chaplain's chat, it's an opportunity for us to kind of sit around a topic and explore it together through conversation. And we have a couple special guests that are going to be part of our chaplain's chat. Darren Noble will be there and Dr. Phil Peterson, and they're going to help kind of guide us through the conversation. And we want you to be there and to be a part of it as well. So Monday's chapel, Q Union presentation, followed by the chaplain's chat Monday afternoon at three o'clock. So make sure you become aware of those uh, activities and participate. At this time, I want to invite Dr. Erickson to come forward as he's going to introduce our guest speaker today. This morning, I have the privilege of introducing to you Dr. Isiaka Kulbali. Before I do, I want to comment that we are part of a family, the family of God with many branches. While you're here at Crown College, and maybe for many of you the rest of your life, you'll be involved in the branch of that family of God called the Christian Missionary Alliance. Knowing that Dr. Kulabali is teaching at a seminary in Africa, in West Africa, I went home last night, my wife called her mother. She grew up in West Africa. Her father, an early missionary in the Ivory Coast, had an experience early in his ministry where he came across a car accident. He lent aid, helped save the life of a man in that car accident. That man happened to be the president of the Ivory Coast. In gratitude for that act of mercy, he donated to the Christian Missionary Alliance and the missionaries there a large parcel of land. On that parcel of land, they constructed a a seminary. Dr. Kulabali now teaches at the seminary that has developed there. Dr. Kulabali has been a pastor of the Evangelical Protestant Church of the Christian Missionary Alliance in Cote d'Ivoire since 1994. Dr. Kulabali is the head of the Old Testament department 
and has taught biblical languages and Old Testament at the West African Evangelical Seminary. Well, Dr. Kulabali will be speaking. Uh, missionaries Jeter and Laura Livingston are accompanying him today. Jeter will be translating for him. He is most comfortable speaking in French and teaching in French, and he'll be doing that today. But I want you to know that he is fluent in English and would love to have conversations with you after chapel. They'll be here for a while after chapel, then up in the cafe, cafeteria area, and the coffee shop until they speak in a class yet this afternoon. So please take advantage of the opportunity to meet him personally. But at this time, please welcome Dr. Kulabali. Bonjour tout le monde. Hello everyone. Personne n'a rien répondu. Hein? Nobody responded. Alors nous sommes très heureux d'être avec vous ce matin. We're very happy to be with you this morning. Uh, ça se voit très clairement que nous venons d'ailleurs parce qu'il me semble nous sommes les seuls à avoir des pulls verts. It's very apparent that we come from uh, outside of this place because we're the only ones wearing coats and sweaters. C'est déjà assez froid pour nous, mais je constate que pour vous, ce n'est rien du tout. It's already very cold for us, but uh, we see it's not the case for you. J'aimerais vraiment remercier les autorités uh, de l'université ici de nous avoir accueillis et de nous donner l'occasion de partager la parole du Seigneur avec vous ce matin. I would like to thank uh, the administration for inviting us this morning and uh, giving us this opportunity to share the word of God with you. C'est extraordinaire de réaliser combien large est la famille de Dieu et de vivre la réalité de la famille de Dieu partout où on se trouve autour du monde. It's an extraordinary thing to think about how large the family of God is and to see and participate in different parts of the family of God all over the world. Mais la famille de Dieu vit des situations ensuite différentes en fonction de là où elle se trouve. But the family of God experiences different uh, situations according to where they're found. Et ce matin, j'aimerais rapidement partager avec vous une réalité que vit une bonne partie de la famille de Dieu dans différents endroits du monde. And this morning, I want to share with you uh, a reality that many parts of the body of God are experiencing around the world. Ce que je vais dire uh, n'apparaît pas tout de suite comme un sujet de joie. Uh, what I'm going to say is not... Uh, not a subject of joy right away. Mais la réalité. But it's reality. Et nous avons à vivre avec cette réalité dans l'église, partout où se trouve l'église. And uh, we must, we have lived with this reality in the church and uh, in different parts of the world. Pour nous y aider, je vais lire un texte qui, vous vous rendrez compte, je pense vous le connaissez très bien. I'm going to read a verse this morning that uh, you probably know very well. 1 Corinthiens chapitre 16 et je lirai le verset 8 et le verset 9. It's found in 1 Corinthians chap, uh, chapter 16 and I'll read from uh, verses 8 and 9. Okay. But I will stay on at Ephesus until Pentecost because a great door for effective work has opened to me and there are many who oppose me. Je pense que cette parole vous dit quelque chose depuis le début de cette année. I think uh, these words uh, mean something to you since the beginning of this school year, yes? Pour moi, 
il y a certaines paroles de l'écriture qui constituent toujours des, des sujets euh, qui me laissent vraiment perplexe. Uh, for me personally, there are certain passages of scripture that uh, leave me often perplexed. Et si ce matin je dis des choses que vous avez déjà entendues depuis la rentrée, pardonnez-moi. And if I say something this morning that you've already heard uh, in other contexts, uh, please excuse me. Mais je suis un enseignant et chez nous on dit que la répétition est importante pour l'enseignement. But I'm a teacher and as we say, uh, repetition is very, very necessary for learning. Vous avez tous constaté que ce que Paul dit ici, c'est des choses qui sont plutôt un contraste. Vous avez probablement constaté que ce que Paul dit ici est un contraste. Dans le verset 9, il dit qu'il y a une porte qui est largement ouverte, grandement ouverte. Dans verset 9, il dit qu'il y a une porte qui est ouverte. Et cette porte est ouverte pour son activité en tant que celui qui annonce l'évangile de Jésus-Christ. Et c'est forcément quelque chose d'extraordinaire pour ceux qui annoncent l'évangile d'avoir des portes qui sont ouvertes. And that's extraordinary to have an open door to be able to go through and announce the gospel wherever you want. Et personnellement, j'aurais aimé que Paul s'arrête là, qu'il dise simplement qu'il y a des portes qui sont ouvertes. And I'd like for Paul to stop there, just to say that there are open doors for the proclamation of the gospel. Il y a une virgule. But there's a comma. Et puis il y a des mots qui suivent. And there are some words that follow. Et Paul dit les adversaires sont nombreux. And Paul says the enemies, the enemy ah, is numerous. J'aurais aimé ne pas entendre cette partie. I, I really don't want to hear these words. Mais c'est la réalité. But it's reality. Et je suis impressionné par la façon dont Paul met ces deux choses ensemble. And I'm very impressed by the way that Paul puts these two things together. Le privilège de pouvoir annoncer l'évangile devant des portes qui sont ouvertes. The privilege of announcing the gospel in these open doors. Mais la réalité des adversaires. But the reality of adversity. La réalité de la souffrance qui va avec la prédication de l'Évangile. C'est comme s'il y a toujours une cohabitation entre la mort et la vie quand il s'agit de l'Évangile. Like la mort et la vie semblent marcher ensemble. Death and life seem to mark, uh, to, uh, to walk vous avez bien entendu, je n'ai pas dit la vie et la mort, mais j'ai dit la mort et la vie. I didn't say life and death, but death and life. Et ça c'est extraordinaire. Qui est la mort, mais qui est la vie? And that's extraordinary. There is death, but there's life. Et j'ai le sentiment que c'est toute l'histoire de l'évangile qui se trouve là, le rapport entre la mort et la vie. And I think in the entire history of the proclamation of the gospel, you find these two things, death and life. C'est la loi de la nature. It's the natural law. La graine semée meurt avant de donner la vie. The seed that is sown dies before giving life. Et l'histoire de notre Seigneur, c'est la même chose. Il a fallu qu'il meure à la croix avant de s'ouvrir à la vie. Same thing for the life of Jesus Christ. He had to die in order to give life. Et le cercle des apôtres, ça a été leur vie aussi, de rencontrer la mort chaque jour, mais d'être des gens qui savaient semer la vie. And it was the same thing for the apostles. They had to 
die every day in order to be able to pro, uh, proclaim life. C'est la réalité de l'église aujourd'hui autour du monde. And it's the reality of the church all around the world today. Une bonne partie de l'église aujourd'hui passe par des moments difficiles. A good part, a, a large portion of the church in the world today is experiencing that. Une bonne daily. partie de l'église aujourd'hui passe par la persécution. A great part of the church today passes or is involved in persecution. Je suis persuadé que vous connaissez l'organisation chrétienne qui s'appelle Portes Ouvertes. Uh, I think you probably know the uh, Christian organization is called Open Doors. Oui. Yes. Et yeah. j'aime de temps en temps aller sur leur site internet. And I like to look at their website from time to time. Et j'aime beaucoup leur nom. And I, I really love their name. Portes Ouvertes. Open Doors. Mais partout où ils travaillent, ce sont des pays dans lesquels les chrétiens souffrent. But everywhere they work are in countries where Christians are suffering. Où les chrétiens sont persécutés. Where Christians are persecuted. Pas parce qu'ils sont des malfaiteurs, mais simplement à cause de leur foi en Jésus-Christ. Not because they're doing something wrong, but simply because of their faith in Jesus Christ. L'Église souffre en Asie. The church suffers in Asia. L'Église souffre en Afrique. The church suffers in Africa. Dans différentes parties de l'Afrique, les chrétiens souffrent à cause de leur foi. In different uh, parts of Africa, Christians are suffering daily for because of their faith. Il y a deux jours en arrière, en regardant l'actualité, j'ai vu l'histoire d'un jeune homme en Guinée qu'on a crié. Two days ago, I read online a history of a young man in Guinea. Il vient d'une famille musulmane. He was uh, from a Muslim family. Sa famille est reconnue comme étant des musulmans que tout le monde respecte. And his family was very respected in the Muslim community. Et il a pratiqué cette religion. And he was a Muslim himself. Mais à un moment donné, il s'est rendu compte que intérieurement, il n'était pas satisfait de sa recherche de Dieu. But he became, he became, uh, he wasn't satisfied any longer in his religion. Il a entendu parler de Jésus-Christ. And he heard someone talk about de l'amour de Dieu. Uh, heard them talk about the love of God. Il a décidé de donner sa vie à Jésus. And he decided to give his life to Jesus Il est devenu Christ. chrétien. So he became a Christian. Sa famille l'a su. And his family was uh, very unhappy. Ils ont compris qu'il ne pouvait rien changer à sa décision. And they noticed that uh, no matter how hard they tried, they couldn't change his opinion. Ils ont décidé de le tuer. And so they decided to kill him. Et ils l'ont tué. And they, that's what they did. Parce qu'il est devenu chrétien. Because he had become a believer. Vous entendez chaque jour ce qui se passe en Iran. You hear every day what's happening in Iran. Vous entendez peut-être ce qui se passe en Éthiopie. And maybe you've heard about what's going on in Ethiopia. Vous entendez peut-être ce qui se passe au Nigeria. And uh, perhaps you've heard about what's going on in Nigeria. Des chrétiens sont tués à cause de leur foi. Christians are being killed because of their faith. La mort et la vie semblent marcher ensemble encore une fois. Death and life seem to be walking together again. Mais laissez-moi vous dire quelque chose. But let me tell you something. Une question. A question. Quelles sont les parties du monde où le nombre de chrétiens grandit le plus aujourd'hui? Where in the world is the number of Christians growing more rapidly than anywhere else? Qu'est-ce que vous pensez? What do you think? Les pays dans lesquels justement les chrétiens sont persécutés. Exactement. Yes, that's that's correct. It's those countries where Christians are being persecuted for their faith. La croissance de l'Église aujourd'hui en Afrique est extraordinaire. The the growth of the church 
Christianity in Africa is extraordinary. Mais le nombre de pays dans le monde où les chrétiens sont le plus persécutés se trouve de ce côté-là. Les portes sont largement ouvertes. The doors are widely open, Mais les ennemis sont là. But the enemies are there. Mais les adversaires sont là. The adversaries are there. La vie de l'évangile marche dans des contextes où il y a également la mort. The life of the gospel walks in those places where there is death. Mais par la grâce de Dieu, la mort n'est jamais la fin parce que la vie triomphe de la mort. But by the grace of God, death is not the final answer because life is given by God. Peut-être que ce matin vous vous posez la question de savoir mais est-ce que je n'ai pas un autre message à vous annoncer une bonne nouvelle qui vient d'Afrique? Maybe you're asking yourself, why is this guy talking about death? Why doesn't he have a happy message for us this morning? Ou bien, plus sérieusement, vous dites, mais en quoi ça nous regarde tout ça? Or maybe you're asking more seriously, uh, what does death have to do with us? Il y a une image dans la Bible que je trouve une très belle image. Uh, there's an image in scripture that I, I really love. Lorsqu'il est question de l'église, elle est comparée à un corps, un corps humain. When, a, when they're talking about the church, it's often compared to a body. Et j'aime bien cette image-là. And I, I really like that image. Parce que l'église est effectivement un corps. Because, yes, the, the church is a body. Un corps dans lequel il y a une diversité de membres. And in this body, there is just a wide diversity. Il n'y a pas que des yeux dans un corps. There's not only eyes. Il n'y a pas que des pieds dans un corps. There's not only feet. Ce serait un monstre. That would be uh, a monster. Mais il y a une diversité dans un corps. But there's a great diversity in a body. Mais cette diversité, elle est vécue en même temps dans l'unité de la personne. But this diversity is unified in the body. Et je n'ai jamais entendu quelqu'un dire, mon pied a mal. And I never heard anyone say, mon my, pied est malade. My, my foot is sick. Ou bien ma tête est malade. Or my head is sick. On dit généralement j'ai mal au pied. We usually say my foot hurts. Ou bien j'ai mal à la tête. Or I have a headache. C'est moi qui ai mal à la tête. It's me that has a headache. Comprenez ce que j'essaie de dire? You understand what I'm trying to say? La douleur d'un orteil, c'est la douleur de tout le corps. When the head hurts, the whole body hurts. La douleur de la tête, c'est la douleur de tout le corps. The pain in the head is the pain for the whole body. Alors la question qu'on peut se poser, c'est savoir, mais qu'est-ce que nous pouvons faire, nous? And so the question is, what can we do? Us. Vous, en tant que chrétien, vivant ici aux États-Unis, qu'est-ce que vous pouvez faire, vous? You, Christians living here in the United States, what can you do? J'aimerais vous dire trois choses que vous pouvez faire. I'm going to give you three things that you can do. La première chose, à mon avis, c'est de rendre grâce à Dieu pour la liberté que vous avez ici de célébrer le Seigneur. The first thing I think you need to do is to give grace to or give praise to God for the liberty, the religious liberty that you have in this country. There are so many things that happen here that, that we just consider as normal. We hear about things happening in other parts of the world, but here it's just normal the way we live. Mais laissez-moi vous dire qu'il n'y a rien de normal. But let me tell you, there's really nothing normal. Il n'y a rien qui va de soi. There's nothing that... Uh, go, bon, je ne sais pas. Yeah, that, 
Just how it is, yeah. Pardon. Désolé, il n'y a pas de problème. Tout ce que nous avons, nous devons le recevoir comme une grâce qui vient de Dieu. Everything we have, we need to receive it as a grace from God. Et la liberté que vous avez dans ce pays, vous devez recevoir cette liberté comme une grâce qui vient de Dieu. And the liberty that you have in this country, you need to receive as grace of God. Et rendre grâce à Dieu, être reconnaissant à Dieu chaque jour pour cette liberté que vous avez. And thank God every day for the liberty that He's given you. Et saisir cette liberté pour servir le Seigneur Jésus-Christ. And take advantage of this liberty. To serve the living God. La deuxième chose, à mon avis. Second thing, in my opinion. Comme vous êtes membre du même corps. Since you are members of the same body. Votre responsabilité consistera à prier pour les autres parties du monde qui sont malades. Your responsibility is to pray for the other parts of the body in the world. Quelquefois, on regarde ces choses-là et puis on se dit, mais notre prière va faire quoi là-dedans? Sometimes we look at things that are happening in other places and we think, well. Mais j'aimerais vous dire que la prière change les choses autour du monde. You, Il me semble que la raison fondamentale pour laquelle il y a le plus de conversions dans ces différents pays, c'est parce que les autres chrétiens ailleurs prient pour ces gens chaque jour. Il y a des multitudes de conversions dans les pays musulmans aujourd'hui. Et souvent ces conversions ont lieu alors qu'il n'y a même pas un seul missionnaire qui a prêché. Parce que Dieu s'est révélé à travers un songe, à travers un rêve. Because God reveals Himself through things like dreams. Mais je pense que Dieu le fait en réponse à la prière. But I think God does that in response to our prayers. Et soyez sûr que votre prière adressée à Jésus-Christ peut changer beaucoup de choses autour du monde. And understand that your prayers here can change a lot of things. In this world. Cherchez l'information, allez sur les sites qui peuvent vous donner l'information et priez pour vos frères et vos sœurs qui souffrent à cause de leur foi en Jésus-Christ. You need to inform yourself constantly of what's happening in the world today so that you can effectively pray for your brothers and sisters Ne cherchez pas à vous mettre en colère contre ceux qui les persécutent. It doesn't do any good to get angry about the people who are persecuting them. Le but n'est pas de chercher à savoir comment tuer les ennemis de ces gens-là. The goal is not to know how to kill the people, the the persecutors. Le but c'est de prier que ceux qui sont persécutés tiennent fermement dans leur foi. The goal is that the people who are being persecuted remain strong in their faith. Et le but c'est de permettre que leur témoignage puisse toucher ceux qui les font souffrir. And the goal is that their testimony in the midst of suffering will change the lives of the people. Troisième chose. And the third thing. Il y a beaucoup de besoins dans ces pays-là, beaucoup de besoins matériels et souvent des besoins financiers. There is a lot of material needs in these in these countries where people are being persecuted. Souvent dans ces églises-là, vous allez trouver qu'il y a peut-être cinq ou six Bibles pour peut-être 100 personnes. Maybe in many of these countries, there are five, six Bibles for a hundred or more people. Parce qu'on sait justement qu'ils aiment lire la Bible, donc on va essayer de les priver de leur Bible. Because the persecutors know that they love reading the word of God, so they take them away. Les besoins sont immenses. The needs are enormous. Et je suis sûr que chacun peut intervenir d'une façon ou d'une autre. And I'm sure that every one of us could intervene in that situation in one way or another. En nous tenant informés, 
On se placera devant le Seigneur pour qu'il nous montre ce que nous pouvons faire. So, once we inform ourselves of what is going on, we need to seek the will of God for us what we can do in response to these situations. L'évangile est en train de croître dans le monde entier aujourd'hui. The gospel is is uh, is growing by leaps and bounds around the world. Mais dans beaucoup d'endroits dans le monde cette croissance se fait dans la douleur. But in many many places in the world this growth is taking place in the midst of great suffering. Et je crois que nous ne devons pas être sensibles à cela. And we need to be aware of that. C'est la raison pour laquelle j'aimerais vous encourager à retenir ces trois choses. And so that is why I'm encouraging, encouraging you to, to think about these three things. Soyez reconnaissant pour la liberté que vous avez dans ce pays. Be thankful for what uh, you have, the liberty that you have. Dites merci à Dieu chaque jour pour cette liberté. Thank God every day for the liberty you have. Tenez-vous informé et priez pour ceux qui souffrent. And uh, do your research, know what's going on and pray for those people. Tenez-vous informé et puis venez au secours de ceux qui souffrent à cause de leur foi. So inform yourself and then come to the aid of these people. Le Seigneur vous bénisse. May God bless you. That is rich. I'm so grateful that you're able to be here. I uh, thanks to you for coming and sharing. This was not on the uh, chapel calendar today, and there was a last-minute change, and just within the last week, really, just within the last week, we were able to secure our guests today. So thank you so very much. Would you now bow with me as we pray? We've been challenged to pray for the church that is persecuted, and I'm going to just give you a quiet moment to do that. Would you just lift your uh, quiet voice now to God and pray for those suffering and ask God to strengthen them? Almighty God, we begin with the challenge that we heard today by saying thank you for the freedoms that we have here in the United States, for the liberty that allows us to gather in this space, this moment, and talk to you, and to sing to you, and to open your word, and get to know you and your heart for the world. And we did all of that today without threat or risk. And so thank you, God, for that. May we always express our praise to you. May we always take advantage of the privileges that are ours in this country to worship you. Never taking for granted these opportunities. And then, Father, we pray. As the Apostle Paul said to the Corinthians, stand firm. Let nothing move you. 
Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. God, we pray for those brothers and sisters in Christ that are part of the body of Christ who are suffering in your name. That they would indeed stand firm. They would not let the threats move them. And they would know for certain that their labor in the Lord is not in vain, that their testimony is not in vain, that their martyrdom is not in vain. And that we pray for them. May they know that, that they are bound up and covered by the prayers of your people in the United States and in this room. So strengthen your followers around the globe in Syria and Iran, Nigeria, and other parts of the world where they're suffering greatly. May you give them great joy in your presence. And may they know for certain that death has lost its sting. And as Jesus said that... you. His followers will not taste death. May they move from life to eternal life. And may that confidence be theirs. Father, thank you for allowing us to hear this rich message from your word today. May you bless our guests as they continue to travel in the United States and share your message with your people. Give them courage and boldness as they do that. And now, God, would you watch over your people here at Crown College. Give us a great and refreshing weekend. Renew our spirits and our minds and our bodies as we rest this weekend. And we delight in you. Be exalted among us in the name of the Father and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And all God's children said, Amen. Amen. God bless you.